cursed media. It's a topic so many people love to talk about, including myself. But is it possible that the cursedest of media is hiding in the most unlikely of places? And then we travel to Orange County, California, to spend the night in a haunted hotel. But what happens when we find out that the most bizarre hauntings aren't caused by ghosts or demons, but something much, much closer to home? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I'm still a little under the weather. I'm still deciding whether or not I'm going to work tomorrow. But something that I've always decided is a good thing. Walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now is one of our newest Patreon supporters. Everyone give a warm, fuzzy hug to Mustache. Woohoo, yeah! Come on in, Mustache. Walk on into Dead Rabbit Command. Jump on our faces. Mustache, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. I do. Just help spread the word about the show. That really, really, really helps out a lot. Now, Mustache, long, luxurious Mustache. Let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to fly all the way out to Owl City. I ordered a COVID test on Amazon. hasn't shown up yet. I'm still complaining as we're in the air. You're like, Jason, I don't want to be on this Dirigible with you. Why'd you pick the most contained vehicle? Well... You guys can not breathe in the same sweat everywhere. You guys are all slipping in puddles of sweat. Mustache is this dripping, wet facial hair just sitting there. You guys don't have to stand next to me, but let's take a look at this conspiracy. I thought this was really interesting. It popped up on the X board the other day. This type of conspiracy we've covered a ton of different times on the show. It's one of the most popular conspiracy theories out there. I think even if you just kind of have a passing interest in the paranormal... And the world of conspiracy, you know the stories of cursed media. And you know the stories of people, say, selling their soul for fame and power and stuff like that. We've talked about that before. We're going to take a look at a, a, a couple interesting examples of what people find as creepy or unsettling music. I'm not talking about, like, some ghoul sitting at an organ deep in some gothic church. Like that. That's always unsettling. We're going to talk about a song that is very near and dear to my heart. So, I mean, when we cover, like, creepy music, I don't expect songs that I know very well to pop up on there. Or, obviously, like, I remember one of the big songs... This was years ago, but I remember when Rihanna's song Umbrella came out. That's when I, when I was really into the idea that the Illuminati was hiding secret messages in music to influence us. Like, as a kid, we always heard about uh, Satan worshippers putting stuff in their albums like Rat or Twisted Sister or stuff like that. Kiss, obviously. Knights in Satan's service. I remember hearing all that stuff when I was a kid. That heavy metal rock music had hidden messages. Or not so hidden messages in them. But that was the idea, right? But then that kind of went out of vogue. So I remember it was like in the mid-2000s, whenever Rihanna's Umbrella Song came out. 
these theories kind of popped back in the forefront, and it was no longer that that heavy metal group with the long hair and the loud guitars were secretly Satan worshippers. It was now that everybody was a Satan worshipper, that all of these pop stars from Rihanna to Katy Perry to... Those are the only ones that come off the top of my head. <laughs> Jason, obviously Britney Spears, you're not going to mention the one you love the most. Britney Spears got into it really late in the game. The, the theories that Britney Spears was hiding... Uh, Illuminized symbolism in her music didn't really start until her album. I don't remember the name of the album, but the song was uh, Dance Until the World Ends, or I think the song was called Till the World Ends. That album was when people really started looking at it. When she was the bubblegum pop, I mean, you might be able to find some examples of YouTube videos saying that Oops, I Did It Again had some hidden message or Hit Me Baby One More Time. Like, yeah, I've heard that. If you play Hit Me Baby One More Time, it's like, hey, oh, Satan! All that stuff, right? But she didn't really get like Rihanna is so closely connected to hidden messages in her music that in one of her videos, she made fun of it. In one of her videos, she labeled herself queen of the Illuminati. So she was so connected to this conspiracy theory. She was acknowledging it. You can take any song and backmask it and find some weird stuff. And then there are some songs that you backmask and you're like, there's definitely something wrong with this, right? You can, Take any song and play it backwards. You can take my podcast and play it backwards. I'm sure you'd find hidden messages. But at um, the end of the day, it would just sound like me talking backwards. But then there are other songs that have all the symbolism just in the song and in the video. It makes you go, hmm. And then there are other songs that you, when you backmask, you're like, ugh. It's like, no, this seems to be something a little more sinister here. But I remember I used to be really into this. Like, I used to really watch those YouTube videos where they would, like, take down moment by moment of Rihanna's song like Umbrella, or I would read articles in Vigilant Citizen that did this, and they'd go like, the umbrella is Satan. The umbrella in Rihanna's song is referencing Satan, and he's like, she's like, protect me, protect me. I don't remember the lyrics. <laughs> I don't think she was pleading for help from her umbrella, but basically that's what umbrellas do, and the idea, what like, if you watch the music video, like, this black liquid spilling all over her, and that's supposed to be Satan's love or something like that. I don't know. I used to be really into that. I used to be, you can obviously tell by the tone of my voice, I'm not so much. I do think people do hide imagery, or again, not so subtly hide imagery in their videos. I'm not denying that it happens, but I just kind of got over it. You know, Rihanna's a lovely woman, right? I'm not a huge fan. I, there's maybe one or two songs of hers that I really liked. But when I see this thing pop up on the X board where they're talking about unexplainably creepy songs, and one of the first songs that pops up is Owl City's song Fireflies. I was like, what? Huh? It kind of took me aback because longtime listeners of the show, and you'd have to be listening to this show like every episode since like episode 30 to... Or you just heard one episode in particular. It was a behind-the-scenes episode I did. Fireflies is the reason why I started this podcast. Had let me go into the conspiracy theory and then then we'll backtrack there. They're saying the song "Fireflies" by Al City is there's something when you listen to it there's something wrong with it. Whether it's the opening synth chords, whether it's the nonsensical lyrics, and they're saying it, it, the whole song is about someone trying to fall asleep but they can't. And does that mean is is them falling to sleep part of? falling slave to the matrix, falling slave to this consumer lifestyle that's been built. And since they can't fall asleep to it, they're actually 
perceiving the world in a different way? Is it the fact that... Why would the song that was created by a, quote, very strange, socially awkward Christian dude with insomnia, unquote, how did this song go from a kid in his parents' basement banging it out on a keyboard to going number one in 27 countries? That's all, That's a common trope when you look at a song and they go, why is this song so popular? Why is this song so popular? There must be some sort of menacing message behind it because we all know that the world is controlled by these evil corporations. Or when I say evil, I don't mean they're putting profit first. Demonically controlled organizations. Why would Fireflies be allowed to go number one in a world that is so corrupted by evil? And I found it fascinating. A bunch of people were chiming in. They're like, oh yeah, that song always creeped me out. There's something so unsettling about that song. What does it mean? It doesn't make any sense. Who are the Fireflies? Where did the 10,000 lightning bugs show up to give him hugs? We need answers. It might sound like I'm simping for Owl City, okay? And maybe I am. Maybe I am. But this is the least creepy song in the world. This is the least creepy song in the world. For me, it is the opposite of that. I was so shocked that anyone would think this song is creepy. It's a good song, but if you don't like it, that's fine. If you hate it, that's fine too. I don't care about any of that stuff. But creepy? And and, and this is so... Here, if Owl City's song Fireflies did not exist, neither would this podcast. I will bet a dollar to a donut. I will bet 10,000 hugs from lightning bugs on this. If this song didn't exist, neither would this podcast. I've told this story before. I'm going to try to tell a condensed version of it now, and I'll put an episode in the show notes that kind of explains it a little bit more. Look, I'm a creative guy. I always want to have my finger in some sort of creative project. I used to write all the time. Well, actually, no, that was the problem. I used to talk about writing all the time, and I'd spend all my day coming up with these stories, and these whole novels, and these characters in my head, and the sequels for the novels, and the franchises, and the movie trailers, and all that stuff, and I would not put pen to paper. But, I wasn't doing anything. This podcast didn't exist. My entire life was this. I'd wake up in the morning, miserable. Because I had wasted the previous day. And then I'd get up and I would get ready for work and I would go for work. And the whole time I'm at work, I would keep coming up with these stories. I'd be laughing so hard at... They weren't comedies either, but for whatever reason, everything I wrote eventually became a comedy. I would be laughing and I'd be thinking, oh, dude, that part's going to be totally awesome when I finally write it down. And I'd be at work and I'd be thinking about, okay, dude, when you get home, you're just going to put a pen to paper. You're going to write just this scene. Like, even just this scene would be awesome, right? And I'd be thinking about this while I'm at work, and I'd be walking home from work, and I'd be like, oh, man, dude, I'm, I'm going to put pen to paper, dude. This is going to be dope. I got all this cool stuff. And then I'd come home, and I'd say, but first, dinner and a little light entertainment, of course. It's been a long day at work. And then it would be 11 o'clock at night, and I'd still have been watching YouTube for the past seven, eight hours, right? And I would trudge into the bedroom miserable. And I would lay there, I would lay there open-eyed in my bed going, man, I wasted another day. I didn't get anything done. I wasted another day, and I feel like I failed myself. I feel like a bum. Tomorrow will be different. I would convince myself as I tried to fall asleep. Tomorrow, I will put pen to paper.
I did that for years and years and years and years and years. And the idea of me starting the podcast originally was supposed to be a springboard into a creative writing thing. I was going to basically... I don't know how I thought I was going to do this, but I started thinking about doing a podcast. Oh, I should do a podcast. I should do a podcast about this. I should do a podcast about that. I should do a podcast that's a springboard for this creative writing thing. La, 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 la. And I still wasn't doing anything. And I'd still walk home and I'd eat dinner and I'd watch YouTube videos all day long and I'd go to bed miserable. Whether I was trying to come up with something to write about, well, I had the ideas, I just wasn't putting pen to paper. Or I was thinking about doing a podcast and it was kind of bouncing around in my head for like two or three years. One day I was walking home, and on my iPod, out of the thousand songs I have on there, 1,500, however many songs are there, Fireflies starts to play. Now, it's not the first time I'd ever heard that song. I downloaded it. I had it on my iPod. But that song playing at that moment, it was divine, not inspiration, divine motivation. That song, I listened to that song, and I said, when I get home, I'm going to start the podcast. Whatever it becomes, I'm going to start the podcast. I'd had a couple ideas kicking around. I'd read some weird articles. I always read a weird article. And I let that song play on repeat. I listened to that song for a half hour straight as I'm walking home. And I felt like if I listened to another song, if I let this moment go, I would come home, eat dinner, and watch YouTube. I held on to that song and played it on repeat over and over and over and over and over again until I got home. And I recorded the first episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. At that time, it was called The 14th Family. It was supposed to lead into a... I mean, again, like, it was supposed to lead into a fictional writing project, which never manifested. Shocker, right? I wasn't writing, I, for whatever reason, but then I realized I just, I also want to just tell stories. That's, that's what I want to do. Whether I ever write again, we'll find out, but I just goes, I'm telling these stories, and I released those three episodes, and I said, let's see where this takes us. But that never, that moment wouldn't have happened. I would still be that miserable Jason. Walking down the street, I, I honestly believe, believe this. Had it not been for fireflies, I think there's. I, I here's the thing, I don't think it's just the song. I'll agree with the original poster. I don't think it's just the song. I think it is something else. I think it is. It is something else. Even the guy who wrote it, Adam Young, he is Owl City. It's a music project he has. He he talks about when he wrote it, he suffers from insomnia. He went down to the basement. I think he was living with his parents at the time. He goes down to the basement and, quote, I was just sitting at the keyboard just fooling around. Not really trying to write anything. Over the next couple hours, that song came together in the most natural way. I can't explain it, but it almost wrote itself. Now, you'll hear that phrase bandied about by a lot of musicians. You'll hear it about books sometimes as well. The characters are just so alive, I'm just kind of writing their story down. And that's true. It, it, but it, it, it doesn't happen all the time. And I think that when you do have those moments where the song just completely comes together, you have to wonder, are you as the artist composing that? Or are you as the artist reaching out somewhere else? 
and putting this together. And the song went number one in 27 countries. It wasn't just a blip, right? It went, well, you're like, Jason, they haven't played it on the radio in like 10 years. But you know what I mean? Like, how many people has this song touched? How many people have just heard the song and liked it? How many people have heard the song and not liked it? I didn't like it when it first came out. Honestly, thought it was pretty. I honestly thought it was pretty dumb. But over time, like a lot of pop music, it just kind of wears you down. But again, could that just be the? I don't think that this is just the song, and I could be wrong, right? It could just be a song. But what would make me think it's more not just a song is that it can both heal and enlighten, and it can also repulse and disgust. And I never really. Th- thought of it like that as well. Something that's very powerful tends to have very powerful reactions. That all being said, though, I wanted to touch on one other thing, because I could easily go, that song inspired me, this song makes you uncomfortable, whatever. The backmasking thing, though, I wanted to touch on that real quick, because as I was researching this stuff, people started talking about creepy music, and somebody posted a song uh, there's a YouTube channel called you know you're getting you know you're getting quality content when there's a YouTube channel known as Schizo Like a Boss, where he plays backmasked versions of songs. Like I said, you can play this podcast backwards. It's probably gonna say some weird stuff. You can play Britney Spears backwards. If you strain your ears hard enough, you're gonna hear some weird stuff. And then there are songs that when you hear backmasked, you, they're super unsettling. So so in that vein, you know, so many people fall asleep to this podcast, they're going to start having all these demons invade their dreams. In that vein, I'm going to play for you the backwards version of Beyonce's single ladies. Not the whole thing, not the whole thing. Just a snippet. It's unsettling, right? This is one of those things, like, there's just something about it. That is unsettling. What's interesting is when you watch the YouTube video, you'll see the quote-unquote what she's saying backwards in the, uh, like, captions. They type it out. So it'll be like, Heil Satan, Heil Satan. And, and it's like an EVP. You don't know if that's actually what they're saying. Some EVPs are super clear. Some backmasking is super clear. Sometimes it's just you have no idea what they're saying. And you're putting these connections together. But even if you don't know what the lyrics are, because technically it's just the lyrics backwards, but I'm going to play a little bit of this backwards. And it's just unsettling. It's just unsettling. I don't think this song could get anyone off their butt and start doing a project. If anything, it would get them off their butt to shut it off. But uh, now you have to listen to it. This is so atrocious and creepy. Let's check it out. I always think it's interesting. I'm guilty of this, too. Schizo Like a Boss said in the description of this video, quote, I've discovered satanic lyrics in reversed songs. I'm exposing Lucifer. Yes, 
I have seen him with my own eyes in the summer of 2012. Okay, I would love to hear more about that story. I really, really would. I'd love to hear more about that. I do stuff like that occasionally, um, but I, I'm just very curious. What it Was Schizo like of us? Was he normal-brained, just a, an employee before he had this meeting with Lucifer? What turned him into Schizo like of us? And actually, I'm less interested on how you got your name. That was just a joke. I want to know about you seeing Lucifer with your own eyes. Fascinating story. Terrifying backmasking and interesting story about the song that created the show. So maybe there is something behind it. Mustache, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We are leaving behind Owl City. Take us all the way out to Orange County, California. Orange County, California. We're standing outside the Olive Hotel. I looked this place up online. It's even for the area it's in. Oh, I was reading all these reviews. They're like, listen, we get it. This is a bad area. You're staying here because you wanted to go see the Dodgers play or whatever. Like All the reviews are like, this area is really bad. If you're from out of town, I hope you're aware of that. However... They said that Olive Hotel is, like, centrally located, so you can go to, like, all of these theaters, and you can go to all of these restaurants. So, for $78 a night, which is a steal, I don't know if it's still that price, a lot of these reviews are old, but for $78 a night, they'd go, you could do worse. You could do worse, but the reviews also say, I hated this hotel, even though it is centrally located and it was only $78 a night, the staff was rude. And the place was infested with packs of rats and cockroaches everywhere. It's all bad, right? That's all bad stuff. I think if I think if I went to a place and the staff was really cool and nice and there were packs of rats, I wouldn't be there. One person wrote in their review that they were looking underneath the bed in the hotel room, which that's your bad. <laughs> you're bad if you're in a seedy hotel room. And you go, oh, I'm going to look underneath it. If you if you drop like your medicine bottle or your glasses and they fall underneath the bed of a hotel in a bad neighborhood, it's just counted as a loss, dude. You're like, I need those glasses to drive. Call an Uber. She pulled out a giant dildo underneath the bed. Again, that's kind of on you. Those are all the bad reviews. I did find one good review. Five out of five stars. Um, this was the whole review. Five out of five stars. Quote. You can find hookers everywhere. I mean, yeah, that, that, I guess that would be five out of five stars if that's what you're looking for. Orange County, seedy hotel, centrally located. I don't know. I don't want to get sued by these guys. The staff does seem pretty rude. They might come after me. They, they're like, follow him, packs of rats. They're each armed with a giant dildo. Um, but that's not why we're here. We're not here. I just thought that was funny. I love reading bad reviews of places. That's not why we're here. The story I'm about to tell you is actually kind of... When we play it out, when we extrapolate it out, it might be one of the craziest stories I've covered on this podcast, honestly. According to the Shadowlands.net, which is a big ghost website we look at, and I found this story a couple other places as well, in one of the rooms at the Olive Hotel, if you check into this room... And you're getting your stuff put away, right? <laughs> you're like haunting and you're losing your collectible marbles. They're all rolling under the bed. You're like, oh man, I'll start collecting something else tomorrow. When you go to put your stuff in the closet, you open the closet door. 
and there's a man hanging there. And this is an apparition. I mean, there's a chance that you might actually find a guy who just hung himself at this hotel. Don't discount that. If you open the door and there's a dude hanging there, don't be like, oh, it's just a ghost. It's just a ghost. And then you go to sleep and some guy just hung himself. You're like trying to sleep and like missing persons. Police are knocking on the door. They're like, hey, is Gary in there? You're like, what? No. Hey, officers, can you get my marbles from under the bed? If you open the door and you see a man hanging, don't always assume it's a ghost, right? You're like, oh, it's boring. But this is a ghost. This isn't a man who just recently killed himself at the Olive Hotel. Apparently, for the past 50 years in this particular room, when you open the closet door, you'll see a man hanging there. And it, and it looks like it doesn't happen every time you open the door because then you'd be like, ah, ghost, and you shut the closet door and you're like, oh, but I got to put my stuff in the closet. So then you open the door back up, you're hanging the shirts, you're like moving his body to his side, he's kind of like swinging back and forth. I think he just appears there once, and then you freak out, and then he's gone. Like most ghosts, if you see like a ghost walking down the hallway, you're like, ah, and then it just freezes there. Like it dissipates, goes into a puff of smoke or whatever like that. This guy, that would be so annoying, because you would really need to use that, like you're trying to iron, and the body's like swinging there, knocking the iron around, you're like, ah, oh, you're ruining my shirt, dead man. So I think it just like dissipate, like you see it once and it dissipates. <laughs> well, here's the thing, dude. Here's the thing. If you opened your closet door and you saw a dead man hanging there, and then he poofed away to a puff of smoke, you're still not putting anything in that closet. You're not like, "Woo, that was close." <laughs> I thought I was going to have to put my suitcase next to this decaying ghost. No, you just wouldn't put stuff in there. You just wouldn't put stuff in there. I think you'd be like, "I don't care. My suitcase can sit in the middle of the hotel room for all I care." And I read that and I go, okay, this guy, he hung himself 50 years ago in this closet of this hotel room. And to this day, if you're unlucky enough to stay in the Olive Hotel in the first place, and then you get this room, you open the door, you'll still see him hanging there. And I thought about it. I go, okay, it was so funny because this is one of the stories I was researching while I was eating bagels the other day at Freshies, the best bagel shop in town. I'm sitting there and I read that. And all of a sudden, I had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. Both of these stories I picked for a reason to be on the same episode, because both of them are about this podcast, in a way. First one, obviously, was about the inspiration of the podcast, but the other one, I remember... And I've talked about this several times on the podcast, right? I've talked about this several times on the podcast. When I first moved in, I sensed the presence of an old man in my apartment. He was just wearing his underwear. But... Other than that, he was fine, right? I didn't get a super sense of menace from him. I was obviously unsettled because I didn't expect to find an old person in his underwear, even mentally, right? Like, I didn't see him at that moment. I just had the sense that there was this old man in my closet in his underwear. And I thought it was weird when I moved in that there is a deadbolt on the outside of the closet. So that was odd, right? Who's Who normally has a deadbolt on the outside of their closet? And I never got any sort of ill feeling from this spirit. But I didn't like the idea of something else being in here. So at the time, there was a little shop in town called Sparkling Creations that sold gems and rocks and sage. And my friend Lana used to work there. And I went there and I bought some sage and I was going to smudge the place. I was going to smudge out the spirit. I was basically going to make the light the sage up and kind of walk around the house and purify the place. And I remember I this was just like with the podcast. I kept saying, I'll do it tomorrow. 
I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And I did that for like a year and a half, like two years. <laughs> There's like a spirit hanging out in my place. And I was like, I'll get rid of it tomorrow. It's that lazy. And I remember one day I finally go, okay, that's it. I'm going to definitely smudge the place out tomorrow. And it wasn't because I was feeling creeped out. It wasn't because I was starting to get unsettled. I just didn't like the thought that I wasn't the only one here. And I remember I finally go, I'm going to smudge it out tomorrow. Like I had become resolute. And that while I went to bed, I would sleep out on the couch. I would sleep out on the couch. And I have a bed. That's just a weird Jason quirk. I can have a bed. It's totally fine. I'll sleep out on the couch. And in the middle of the night, I woke up. And I remember it was one of those things. It was like, I don't, I, the, the terminology is weird. It's not, it wasn't a waking dream. I was half awake, maybe. Like, I don't really know how to explain it. But anyways, I woke up and standing in my kitchen doorway with the light on backlighting him was the old man standing there, still in his underwear, still totally fine, just walking around in his underwear. And he's standing there and he goes, hey, dude. I didn't know I was scaring you. Like, I didn't know that I was bugging you so much. Um, there's my bad. Just please don't smudge the place. Please. Uh, I, I'm, you know, like, uh, don't do that, please. And I remember not, like, responding to him or anything like that. Him just kind of telling me this. And I did come to the conclusion. I was like, yeah, it's not bugging me. Whatever it is, isn't bugging me. It's never done anything weird or anything like that. So I decided not to smudge the place. I decided not to smudge the place at all. Now, I've seen other stuff in my apartment. There was an episode... I've done a whole episode on my haunted apartment. There was, like, a bloated purple corpse sitting on my couch one day. I've only seen him that one time. That was super bizarre. Um, but as far as the old man goes... You know, I've never had any problems with him. And that was that, right? I never smudged the place. He's never left. What's interesting is... So I record this podcast in the haunted closet, which I've stated is where I sensed him in the first place. But even when I first saw him, again, he wasn't like this menacing spirit. I personally don't believe whoever inhabits this closet hung himself or killed himself in any sort of way. He's just in the closet. And I'm reading this story and I go, that's super interesting. Why is he in the closet? Why, out of all the places you can inhabit in this apartment, why do I most strongly associate him with the closet? Why is it when I'm recording stuff, I pick up weird noises in the closet? Because I don't believe that he ended his life in here. I do believe it's likely someone put a deadbolt on the outside of the closet door because they were also getting that feeling that there was something in the closet. I do believe that. I could be wrong, but... I don't believe that he killed himself in the closet. I don't believe that he took his life here. So why would he be in here? And I started to think about it. I have some really, really different views as far as the afterlife goes and things like that. I do not believe in a linear system of reality. I know that I started recording this podcast X many minutes ago, and it's been playing this long. I understand there is a linear rule set we use to view reality, but I don't really believe that all of reality is linear. I believe it's possible that when you have someone who feels like they are reincarnated of a past life, that they could be living that exact past life right now. 
and the life of the 21st century person and 14 or 15 more lives in other time periods, they're all happening at the same time. I believe that if you have a child who dies and then that child goes to heaven and then you live another 30, 40 years on earth, that that child has missed you for a single moment. As far as they're concerned, you're there right with them. They're not up there kicking bricks for 30 years, looking down, waiting for mama to come home. Everything happens instantly and at opposite ends of the time stream and tangled up a thousand million different ways all at the same time. And taking all that into account, when I'm thinking about the old man in the closet... I start thinking, I don't believe he killed himself in here, so why would he be in here? Out of all the places he could possibly be, why would he manifest in the closet? And remember, there are different ways for ghosts to be here. You could be psychic pain. Somebody dies a violent death, and now their image is there. But it could also be the opposite. You could have somebody who's experiencing... Strong emotions of any kind. Great emotions. Love, passion, creativity. They're also infusing the area with their art. With their love. What if I'm the man in the closet? I spend so much time in here. Talking with you. Telling these crazy stories, looking at all these amazing events, things we can analyze and joke about and get scared of. I've spent more time in this closet than probably anyone has ever been in this closet before since this building's been built in the 50s. You could take the longest resident who's ever lived here. They have spent one-tenth of the amount of time I've been in this closet. And I'm creating this, 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 this thing that I love to share with people, to share with you. And I sit in here and I think and sweat and speak. I've infused this closet with my energy. A hundred percent. I've been in this closet more than anyone else has ever been inside this closet. What if the old man in the underwear, also spoiler alert, I'm very rarely wearing all my clothes because it's so hot in here. I'm always recording these episodes in my underwear. <laughs> Enjoy drawing that fan art. What if I'm the old man in the closet? What if I put so much energy into this closet that it left a mark in the past as well as the future. Because I don't think the old man died in here. What would the old man have been doing in this closet by himself? What if I'm the ghost? I'm seeing my own spirit. It's a theory I have because I can't think of why else he would be in this closet. The other theory we have about ghostly hauntings, and we'll wrap it up like this. Generally, it is a psychic recording 
it is something you can interact with. And this is something that I've definitely been able to interact with. Like it could talk to me. So it would be a sense of talking to my own ghost. And then we have the idea that to to dismiss that theory, there's also the idea that hauntings can come down. They can only manifest in specific geographical locations due to formations in the world, like formations in the rocks or the water underneath or nearby or just some sort of ley-lined type of psychic energy in there. It could be that, that this closet is a nexus for something, and the ghost isn't me. It's far less of a bizarre theory than that. It's just an old man ghost who can manifest in the closet, because that's just where everything kind of crisscrosses. That's why we pick up the EVPs. That's why we see the dog walking around back and forth outside. Occasionally, it doesn't happen all the time. The closet's definitely haunted. The closet's definitely haunted. The question is, by what? I don't think it's an old man who killed himself in the closet. So why is he manifesting in the closet? I've spent more time in this closet than even the people who built this closet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Most people are in and out of their closets. And I'm in here for at least an hour a day. Sometimes much longer than that, right? Sometimes much longer than that because the episodes get edited down from what... You hear, I've been sitting in here, and I'm thinking and sweating. I have to keep adding that. I'm leaving my residue everywhere. What if I'm the man in the closet? What if I'm the ghost in the closet? And the fascinating thing about that theory, too, is imagine I move on from this place physically, right? I move to another house. I have a professional recording studio built into my basement. But that wouldn't negate all of the energy I've spent here. It wouldn't negate the piece of myself that I've pulled out and created this space and soaked these walls with my own energy. So it still is me, even though I've moved on. I don't know. It's super... I I read the thing. I read this. That was the whole story about Olive Hotel. Man found hanging in the closet. Thought it was super creepy, but then it made me think, if this guy didn't kill himself in this closet, and I don't think he did... Why is he coming out of the closet? Why am I sensing him in the closet? And then I thought, what if I am the man in the closet? The world of the paranormal isn't as cut and dry as a lot of people think it is, right? It's not just about ghosts are caused by this. Shadow people are caused by that. Demons are this, aliens are that. It truly is... A world of mystery and wonder. And that's why I love exploring it every single day with you guys. Thanks for being part of this journey. And we've got a whole lot of places to go in the years coming up. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. 